Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be in the book of Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 38. I simply entitled this, Are You Still Seeking His Son, Jesus? Here is the first half of this two-part study. Well, if you have your Bibles ready today, we're going to be uh, looking at a portion of Scripture that picks up eight days after the birth of Christ. We'll look at it in three parts, a sacrifice according to the law in verses 21 through 24, a spirit-filled Simeon in verses 25 through 35, and a widow seeking and serving God in verses 36 through 38. So we kind of went over some of the responses to the birth of Christ last week. Uh, We looked at the angels were praising God. Uh, The shepherds were sharing God. They they were glorifying and sharing uh, that the Messiah had been born. Uh, We had the Mary who had the song of Mary and the word of God was outpouring uh, from her heart. And she was also, let it be according to the word of God. Joseph was struggling uh, with putting Mary away quietly to divorce her. He had the fear of the world. Uh, but then the angel confirmed uh, and, and, and shared with them that the name would be the name of Jesus that would be given. And, um, and so Joseph goes from fear of the world to fear of God. And as he is a just man, he, one of the things I love is that, is that fear turns into faith. It ignites his faith, and he goes and grabs Mary, and he's obedient to God and uh, takes Mary and doesn't know her until after the birth. They've had other kids. And then we had the, um, the response of Herod. Herod was angry. He didn't want to lose his power. Um, and so, and there are people like that in this world today. I mean, we've had a number of Christians that have been persecuted, and uh, especially in Nigeria. Uh, it's, it's common unfortunately there but but Herod did not want to lose his power uh, to this baby uh, the, the the Messiah uh, and so he went from anger to wrath and his response was to kill any male child under the age of two uh, then we had the response of the religious leader which was no response the chief priests and the scribes and and they they don't even go to worship the Messiah. They were six miles from the Messiah. They don't go to worship. And then finally, we have the response of the Magi. And the Magi, which was really cool, is the Magi actually pagan Gentiles who 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 are are, are considered sorcerous 
and magicians, and yet the word uh, God God speaks to their heart, and they come and they fall at the feet of the Messiah and worship Christ. Those are some of the responses, and today we'll look at Simeon and Anna's response, and I think those are uh, two practical responses that we need to look at for us in our walks with Christ. Uh, I hope that you are ready to dive into this. I am as well, and, and, and we'll look at the first point here as we look at a sacrifice according to the law. A sacrifice according to the law. You're going to find that Joseph, being a just man, was making sure that they were doing things according to the law. And there's three rituals that have to be done, and we'll look at those. Let's look at our first piece of scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 21. It says, When eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. That's why we played all those wonderful songs at your name and and, uh, all those wonderful worship songs that worship the name of Jesus. And then it says in, in verse 22, Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So we get our, our first point here as we look at the law being maintained and kept. Uh, the first thing we see is one of the rituals that have to be done is Jesus had to be circumcised. And, and that is based upon the covenant that was made with Abraham. Uh, it's, you know, it's very custom. Most kids are circumcised today, uh, but it's done because of other reasons. But circumcision was something that was a covenant with Abraham in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 3. And it says, And on the eighth day the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. The other thing was is the ceremony that concerned Mary, the purification Right, and and that was to take place uh, forty days after the birth of Jesus. Now, in Leviticus chapter twelve, verses two through four, it gives us more information on this. It says, "Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. As at uh, the time of her menstruation, she shall be." unclean and on the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised then she shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying and she shall not touch anything holy nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are complete and what we see is is she would enter into the temple uh, to begin the purification process. And, and ordinarily, people would bring a lamb. And we see that in verse, verses 6 through 8 in Leviticus 12. It says, And when, when the days of or purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And if the and if he shall offer it before the Lord and make it atonement for her, then she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who bears a child, either male or female, 
And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her and shall be clean. So Mary would, we find out, you know, this is one of the things that you have to understand. The Magi has not entered yet and given the gifts of gold. Um, this is before all of that. And so they, it is a reflection that Jesus is born into poverty. Okay? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, born into poverty. Uh, that's one of the things that we see from this is very important for us to understand, that Jesus understands what it is to not have. Um, and, and you would think, you know, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords would have everything right it should be trumpets and uh, you know people coming in before him and and in a caravan and and but he is lowly he is the son of god and here he is born into poverty humble remember we talked about humility the last thing we see is that because of uh jesus uh being a son of the firstborn to open the womb he had to be presented at the temple and that was part of the the deal, and that goes back to God uh, telling Moses in Exodus, in Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate me to all the firstborn, whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it's mine. Right? It's mine. And so Joseph is actually following the law, even though Jesus is a baby and can't follow, he keeps the law. Joseph maintains and keeps the law. He's doing these three rituals, which he would have been, uh, which he would have had to do to keep the law, and he was doing that. For us, we need to remember that we are redeemed as children of God. If you're a child of God, you've been redeemed, and not by corruptible things. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood as the lamb without blemish and without spot. You are not redeemed by things of this world. You are redeemed by the perfect lamb, the perfect sinless lamb of God without spot or blemish. And you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. And, and some will argue the fact that, you know, Jesus came to destroy the law, and that's not true. It's, he, in his Sermon on the Mount, we know in Matthew five seventeen it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So we see that first point as we see the sacrifice that had to be done, and this is some eight days after the birth of Christ, but now we're going to get into the meat of our text and, and the thing that I really want us to focus on, and that is a spirit-filled Simeon. Simeon is a man who is in the temple, who serves in the temple, and we see in verse 25, it says, and behold, pay attention. Is that, that's what that means. Behold, pay attention. This is important. Luke is going over this, right? He's saying, pay attention to this. He said, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the constellation, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So the first thing that we see is that Simeon was a man that feared God. He feared God. He was a devout man. 
And, and that's what being devout means, this devotion to the Lord. It means at the core of your heart of who you are, the inner person, right? The inner person, the inner man, the heart of who you are is the fear of God. You have reverence for God. And when you have reverence of God, it helps you practice righteousness and holiness to be obedient to God. And there's something I read this past week in my, in my readings with my wife in Ecclesiastics chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. It says, The end of matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And so the fear of God, uh, that's one of the things. I, I know this that scripture probably really doesn't. It was something that I read in my teaching this week, and it really stuck out to me because it's so simplistic. The fear of God and keep his commandments. Solomon, this man with all this wisdom, this is what he, you know, this is what he, at the end of the matter, all that has been heard. He's like these two things. Fear God, have reverence for God, and keep his commandments. That is the whole duty of man. And when I read this about uh, Simeon, Simeon was a devout man, and being devout meant that he had devotions and that he feared God. He had a heart that was devoted to God, out of reverence to God. And through that reverence of God that he has, it, it practically puts everything into motion to where he's righteous and he's practicing righteousness none of us perfect righteousness or perfect holiness only god did that through his son jesus christ uh, his son jesus was the one who did that we don't do that but you know one of the things that we do do is we practice it we pursue it and because we have the fear of god because we have the reverence of god we, we practice holiness. We practice righteousness. We want to be obedient to what God's Word says. And I believe that's very important. That's two things that you really need to pick up here is I pray that you are just and I pray that you are devoted to God. And if you're not, I pray that your 2024 would be. If you're like, man, Mike, you don't understand. I had a really bad 2023. I have fallen into some deep sin. Ask for forgiveness, repent, and turn back to Christ. Your sin is cast as far as from the east to the west, and he says, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny self and let's go. Keep your hands to the plow, let's just keep moving forward. That's the beauty of, of who Jesus is, is that we have a, 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 a opportunity to have forgiveness of our sins. And you are going to sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are. But you need to repent when you do it. Well, that's the problem. A lot of people don't repent. They just keep, they just move on and keep doing something else. So we see Simeon. Simeon, again, just and devout. Remember that. That's very important. The third thing is, is that he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the consolation. Understand the consolation of Israel. There's only one the consolation. Whenever you see the word the in front of it, there's no other. So like when you see I am the way, 
I am the truth. When Jesus is saying that, he's the only way, he's the only truth. And so Simeon is looking for the consolation of Israel, which is simply he's looking for the messianic promise, right, of hope that is coming from God through his son, Jesus. That's what he's looking for. And one of the things that you need to catch in that is the word waiting. Waiting. The word that, that is used in the Greek that Luke uses is that he was continually to delight to wait. Like he was constantly looking in delight. He was, he was there in his actions and his life and his choices looking for the Messiah. And you may go, you know what, Mike, the birth of Christ has already happened, his resurrection's already happened, and what am I looking for? For you as a follower of Christ, and even if you're not following Jesus, you need to understand that Jesus is going to return. There is a second coming of Christ. He is going to return as the Lion of Judah. Uh, when he returns, right, for us as believers, you should be rapture ready. Meaning that you wake up every day saying today could be the day of the rapture. Today could be the day that, that Jesus returns and the church is raptured. Or you could be like Simeon where Simeon's going, I, I'm waiting for the consolation. I'm waking up and every day I wake up and go to bed, I'm one day closer to seeing the consolation I'm one day closer to seeing the consolation of Israel. And for us, when we go to bed, we're one day closer to the rapture, right? It's, that's the beauty of it. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the purpose of Jesus' coming, is that we, we, are, we are separated from a holy God because of our sins. And Jesus creates that bridge for us to be forgiven. We have to repent and believe in Jesus, ask Christ into our heart, and we turn from our sins and turn to Jesus and begin to follow him. Then we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Simeon, that's the consolation he's waiting on. He's waiting on that promise from the, the book of Isaiah, which was written some 700 years before. He's, a, he's saying, I am, I am waiting for that to be fulfilled. And, and it's important to understand why he's waiting because it says that he's waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, you have to remember during this time, the Holy Spirit would come upon someone. It wasn't as now you give your heart to Christ, you repent of your sins, you believe in Jesus and the resurrection, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit would come upon you and it could be removed from you the way it was with Saul. Remember Saul, you know, did some things that he, he sacrificed and, and he didn't wait on uh, the priest. And so the Holy Spirit was removed from him. 
and was removed from him. But this is the beauty of, of, of Simeon is that he's constantly seeking and he's, he has the Holy Spirit upon him and he's constantly seeking the consolation of Israel. And that's the question I have to ask you today is you think about all these people that would have been in the temple this day and how many people missed it. Think about the response of Christ and how many people, it's only a handful of people. The angels, the magi, the, uh, you know, the shepherds, Joseph and Mary, Herod, the chief priest, and, and uh, you know, it's only a handful of people. And there would have been people in the temple that would have missed this as well. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Simeon was waiting with all of his heart, seeking the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. I love that verse because at the end of the day, it's God who's, who renews us and strengthens us. There are times when we step out in faith and, and you may be waiting on God to show up and, and you don't have the strength. You're like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. But God is the one who, who revitalizes us, who empowers us to persevere. We, we just simply surrender those problems that we have, those troubles that we're going through, and it's because of His power that we're able to go further than we ever thought we could. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I love that Simeon has the Holy Spirit. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He's in tune with the Holy Spirit. And think about this just for a second. I want you to wrap your head around this. All of us have phones, right? We all have phones. And if we put our phones on, uh, you know, airplane mode, the signal's gone, right? Now, is the signal gone? No, the signal's still coming from the tower. The Wi-Fi signal's still being pushed out. But you have your airplane mode on and you're not connected to the Holy Spirit, so to say, right? As soon as you turn the airplane mode on, boom, it connects right to the Wi-Fi. And, and, but you understand, like, when it's in airplane mode, the presence is still around us. The presence of that signal is all, is all around us. But it's not until we take it off the airplane mode and we're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what was supposed to happen with us. See, I love this because what we see is Simeon's in tune with the Holy Spirit. And how are you in tune with the Holy Spirit? Well, you stay in tune by being in the Word of God. You stay in tune by prayer. You, you stay in tune by fasting. That's one of the things we're gonna learn about Anna, by being devout being devoted to God, having a fear of God, a reverence to God. You're, through that, you have the, uh, you're just, you're practicing and, and seeking to be holy through, uh, you know, through obedience to God. You're, you're spending time meditating on the Word of God and, 
I, I know I've had people try to explain to me what does it mean to be meditating on the Word of God. I've had that discussion with people. I, I honestly don't like that word um, probably much more than any other pastor because it just reminds me of Hinduism or, or Buddhism. But to meditate on the Word of God is, is to chew the Word of God the way a cow chews the Word. Uh, not the word, but the way the cow chews his food. There's three stomachs. It, it's a process. And that's how when we spend time in God's word, we're chewing on it. We're thinking of it. We're, there's something that sticks out every time we open it. And it's that's the way the Lord is speaking to you. He wants you to investigate it. He wants you to look at it. And we're in tune with the Holy Spirit when we're doing that because a lot of times the thing that's sticking out to us is the thing that we're actually supposed to apply in our life. And we're having a hard time applying it. To be in tune with the Holy Spirit, we don't know how long uh, Simeon was waiting, whether it was a year, five years, ten years, we don't know, but he was eagerly, continually seeking the Messiah the consolation of Israel, the messianic hope. That's what he was looking for. How long would you wait? People say, well, it's been 2,000 years. Y'all have been saying that Jesus is going to return. It's been over 2,000 years. We've heard that before. We eagerly wait. We eagerly wait because we're in tune with the Holy Spirit because we want to be just and devout just like Simeon. But is that you and is that your life? Are you willing to wait? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 